0: on Overthinking It Recap 24.
1: Cold brewing is an artisanal, painstaking process.
0: And it feels like the episode is sort of built out of echoes sort of reverse echoes and foreshadowings
1: at least you know two strands of the the thematic dna of this episode that are kind of intertwining around each other
0: the music drops out and it's shot like a frickin' pro wrestling promo. yeah right yeah, like, it, 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 like
1: totally it right? totally yeah. is
0: because he's way down near the ground
1: <laughs> or she's and, on a step stool <laughs>
0: exactly and she's like got her hands on the desk and she's hunkered over like she's general Patton over a map of europe because we are from different principles, we are agents of different principles, and Jack does not like this. Uh, partially, and, also, because, and it know.
1: also implies you're not a boss, exactly. she's basically saying this is above your pay grade. Right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. She, she pulls rank right from this like yeah. really kind of weak position, pulls rank on him on um, Jack Power. Kind of really, really she pulls
0: like, rank on Jack Bauer from a hospital bed,
1: <laughs> Ryan. Pete, it's Matt! Oh, I just came from the cold brew coffee and I, I had to talk to you. Is it finished? No, not even close. But there's something else. And it changes everything. Again.
0: The following takes place between 6 p.m. and 7 p.m.
1: Slow roasted po-
0: Matt! Oh my god! Damn it. Oh my god! Matt flew out the floor to ceiling windows.
1: Where there must be some sniper around here. Holy shit! All right, well we have to do two things. We have to call in a medic team, right? And then we have to get to another room and keep this recap going. Okay, okay, okay. We have to move to the secure facility. Okay, you call in the
0: medic team. I'll take the recording equipment to the secure facility. We're going to go to the panic room.
1: All right, I'll meet you in the panic room.
0: Oh, all right. Hey, um, well, welcome back. It is six o'clock and we are in the midst of overthinking. It's real time recap of 24 live another day. I'm Pete Fenzel here alone again from my panic room. I love this little place. I bought a year's supply of powdered food on eBay a while ago and didn't have a place to put it. So I converted this. I believe it was a rehearsal studio for a cellist. Uh, It's really heavily, um, really heavily bunkered in here. Uh, and I got my, my powdered food over here and my water over there, and uh, we're going to keep recapping 24 no matter what happens. What you just heard earlier was uh, overthinking it. Uh, editor-in-chief Matt Rather uh, taken out by uh, a rogue sniper agent of some kind, um, which I'm still processing, thankfully. Hopefully I'll be in shock for long enough that we'll be able to complete the uh, complete the episode with the same amount of uh, efficiency, and then I can have my emotional collapse in like an hour uh, like an hour from now, when um, when we're already through this episode, this episode is a little bit a little bit of a step back. It's a little bit of a suspenseful episode. Not as quite as much is happening throughout the course of the episode as some of the more action packed episodes recently. But of course, you can't complain too much about the episode being low impact due to the heavy duty impact of the president of the United States being taken out by hellfire missiles in the middle of Wembley Stadium. Pete! Pete! Open the door! Oh, oh, oh! Uh, That's Ryan. Great. All right. Uh, I think I have enough water and powdered food for two for at least a little while. So excuse me for a moment while I open the the panic room. (laughs) Hey, Ryan, come on in. Just sit on the milk crate over there. Appreciate it.
1: I guess we... Thanks. I guess we gotta get it locked up again. Yeah.
0: Yeah, give me just a second. All right, we're good. All right, we're yeah. good.
1: Well, listen, uh, the medics came. They took Matt, Matt away. He's in stable condition. Oh, um, oh. and he's he's going to be, uh, he, uh, you know, I mean, uh, having having, um, you know, be, been to um, acting school. He uh, knows some tumbling. He landed well. Uh, and and he's going to be. He's he's okay. I mean, it was still shocking. And obviously, you know, this thing is going way deeper than I think we even uh, expected. But. Um, but 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 it seems like he's gonna be okay uh they're taking him to the hospital to uh to uh, to dress his wounds um and he'll be back in action uh for uh hopefully even to 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 finish up the uh the cold brewing process oh
0: good because I, I don't think we're gonna be able to make it through this without that cold brew coffee even if and, it is... and
1: without our dear friend Matt
0: well that's I mean... you no don't get me wrong that's you that's too so
1: twenty four live another day <laughs> um <Yeah>. so... <laughs> well I just I, I mean I know I imagine you were taking a moment I needed an extra moment because i i you know Ran down, uh, saw to Matt. Uh, you know, got him on the the ambulance, and then got back up here. But um,
0: yeah, you did that all remarkably quickly. Uh, kudos to you, man. That's really
1: impressive. Listen, we didn't have time for anything else, <laughs> right? And and uh, and so you know, here uh, you know, here I am because um, you know, I'm not I'm not a doctor. Um, mm-hmm. I'm a I'm a podcaster, mm-hmm. right? And so I don't you know. I I have to you know do what I can within my capabilities and my sets of, of directives to to help Matt out, but then really hand him over to the medical professionals uh, who have their training um, and professional codes to take care of him.
0: Right now, are we transitioning into speaking about the episode? Is that something you see? I as- sure. <laughs> <am>. <laughs> Excellent. Well, why don't you expand on this a little more and how you see this idea? I'm assuming that this is where you see sort of the start of this episode in terms of interpretation. I had a, a slightly different take on it, but I want to hear your take on it first. Because I well, don't they, think this episode was as cut and dried as the previous ones in terms of what it was about.
1: Sure. Uh, and they yeah. I mean they may they may weave together. Yeah. Um, there were two you know, there is was, um, I, I've I've long found the ways in which uh, Jack Bauer and other, um, other, f- uh, field operatives talk to doctors in, uh, in 24. And I think I noticed this uh, in the last, uh, I believe it was the last episode, um, where they are in the hospital and, um, are talking to the doctor while Simone is under care, and they basically say, "Well, hurry it up! We'll wake her up faster!" And this is a thing, a trope that recurs um, again uh, and again throughout Twenty Four. And I I noted it then because I thought it was uh, you know an instance of something I've noticed in the show before, but it, it fell. By the the wayside um, but then it, it I noticed it again uh, in this episode in a more um, in a more clear way um, in that there's uh, several beats of this um, of, of of this of the issue of um, you know of basically The conflict between uh kate and kind of jack at a distance and the doctor uh the cia doctor who is treating simone um and there's a few lines there that i think are um are really uh interesting um and one is that they say you know we need to talk to her and the doctor says well perhaps that's so but it doesn't change the prognosis Mm. Um, and then later on they say, um, uh, and after, uh, Jack several times kind of needles Kate to, um, to move, move faster, um, you know, the, she goes in, uh, and, and says basically, um, something to, uh, see if I can find it in my notes, um, you know, if something happens to her, it's on your hands. Um, and, and that, uh, or if she, if she does die, it's on your hands. Um, and, uh, and I think that where I kind of saw this uh, and, and just in the kind of way that this scene was performed, um, what I saw this as opening up as a larger um, theme within uh, the, the episode is about um, this you know, the, the doctors, and part, partly of why I saw the doctors moving slowly, uh, both in this case and in the 24 universe, is that they are bound by the Hippocratic Oath. And about, 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 by a set of, um, professional, um, uh, guidelines about doing no harm, um, about, um, about putting the patient first, about certain elements of care and ethical conduct of their, um, of, their, uh, of, of their profession um, and, and it's kind of that are befitting its importance um, and that you see various ways in which this kind of um, oath-driven um, ethical guidelines and, and, uh, and, and guidelines that are also driven by promises um, and uh, generally even the, then kind of Kantian ideas about what it is to keep a promise um, and, and to fulfill a, a duty or, or, or an oath um, with a, with more, um, utilitarian ethics and with these, um, and these more consequentialist means ends calculations. So there's lots of, I saw lots of threads throughout this episode where, um, where, where there are, are people who are voicing one side or another of a, um, more duty and trust bound, uh, duty and promise, um, ethical a uh, more deontological uh, ethical orientation against a more consequentialist uh uh orientation and so um and i i we could talk about other places where i saw this coming up in different facets of it but the interactions um with the doctor i think were are uh an interesting kind of uh doorway to that um and then again the and an interesting inverse of that is that when um you know that uh, when Jack is removing the transponder from the president's arm, the president, you know, goes, "Yeah, you did enough damage as a federal agent, Jack. Good thing you aren't a surgeon." Um, <laughs> and and I, th- I so maybe that is actually really my um my like the 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 more strong scene the the line that encapsulates this more. But I feel like the thing where I noticed it the first um, part because I had been primed from it in a previous episode is the way the tensions between um, these counterterrorism agents um, and these federal agents and doctors uh, and, and the kind of different professional ethics that are embedded in that.
0: Interesting. See, when I heard you describe in the conversation between Kate and the doctors, I noticed there were specific lines in the conversation that repeat or at least very closely repeat. In what I saw, not as the Downton Abbey moment because it's too involved with the scene as it's happening, but sort of one of the really important thematic scenes of the episode, which is the big conversation at the end between Mark Boudreau and Audrey. and Where, right. where, where Mark right. also says something to the effect of, you know, that may be true, but it doesn't change the prognosis. Right? right, basically saying like your father's mind, he wasn't it was made up, it wasn't gonna change. And also Audrey accusing Mark of killing her father with his own hands.
1: Yes. Which yes. which is
0: like the the death is on your hands. The death is on your hands. Yeah, this yeah, was yeah. this was an episode where I felt like there were a lot of echoes of specific images and words and and uh motifs that were Again, I've spoken spoken of this before, kind of shattered from really important events and kind of scattered backward in memory. And part of the effect of these things is to build suspense. And when you talk about duty and promises, I definitely saw this as an episode about the inevitable and the relationship with the inevitable, both the inevitable things that we do ourselves – and our own sort of relationship and responsibilities that cause us to engage in the inevitable, but also sort of the inevitable things that we don't control and the relationship between those two things, right? And it's not in a – it's not, it doesn't come to this sort of conclusion that we would uh, be comfortable with, which is the sort of like give me the serenity to accept the things that I can't change, right? And that right. was to know the difference. Jack Bauer doesn't appreciate that whole business. It's more like <laughs> – and, and it was – and the line for me, like the big line that, that tied it all together for me um, – was when – although it does somewhat fall short of some of the stuff with Simone, but I think it does, I think it does connect too – was when Audrey said to Mark, how will we know when it's over? And Mark said, we'll get a call, right? And it just cuts right there. Um, right. And, and, yeah, and the reason – I mean, do I mean, you want to jump in? But,
1: but, no, no, no uh, go ahead. Yeah. I, 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 I'm actually eager to hear so, kind of how so, you're reading that. So
0: the big reason why that jumped out at me, especially on like second watching, is uh, that there are a number of other times where a call happens and indicates to somebody that something is over that they don't want to have be over. Uh, it's The episode starts out with Margot Al-Harazi having just gotten the call from the president that says that her plan to use the drones is over and the sun doesn't really want to deal with it. It doesn't want to deal with the situation. The big one, and, and this, this is, this is important because I feel like there needs to be some sort of reason why this story is told now is the story of Jordan, the rogue CIA analyst who gets, or not rogue, but the CIA analyst who gets killed in this episode as far as we can tell, right? He might, hopefully he's stable, but I'm guessing not. Um, and, and how his phone goes off when he's dying. Right. right. And it's like, what? What does it mean? It's it's like Navarro, right? It's not even anybody. Is important. it his
1: phone? Or I, I thought it was the phone. Oh, was the of the, phone the of assassin. The, of the I think assassin. it's the assassin's phone because we see a cut after that of Navarro calling the assassin. Gotcha.
0: Yeah. So it's but it's like it's not a call from anybody who's going to solve things. It's almost no. it almost feels like a prophecy in reverse where it's like your life will end when a phone rings. Right, right. And it's like, and here's the phone ringing, and the call means that it's over. Uh, and, and the and one of the big thing that it connects with, of course, because we talk in, we talked last week, and we have talked a couple more times about how these 24 episodes build up to a primary gesture. Uh, the big right. gesture is, and, and this is this I thought was interesting. The big gesture is obviously associated with the president getting killed by a hellfire missile in the middle of Wembley Stadium, but I felt like the really cool change that they made to it. With, was when the when the missile was hitting him, how they switched from us looking at the camera, looking at the president, to the camera looking at Margot, Margot Alharazi's screen, looking at the president. Right. Right. And, right. And there's a history in 24 of drone cameras as phone calls. Uh, it's kind of a way that people like dr- just how the that's how the show ends. That's how season eight yes, of 24 yeah, ends. Yeah, yeah. Was yeah. just the drone phone call and the idea that. You know Margot aharazi knows that this is over because it's being transmitted to her through this medium through this electronic medium right and that it's not something that you don't actually experience the thing being over yourself you have it kind of relayed to you from by somebody else and that this fact, this fact that it's somebody else relaying it to you, is part of the frustration and the and the reality of you not participating, right? This is like cruel fate. This is like Greek tragic fate. I don't really participate in the end of the thing that happens to me. I might not even necessarily be aware of it. There's some sort of externalizable realization that takes place. It's not an externalizable force, always, you know, because sometimes you are sort of indirectly responsible for it, but there's something on the outside. There's something you perceive as being on the outside that lets you know that the game is up, right? Uh, and um, and and whether it, that is sort of the laws of nature or whether it's you know a divine intervention. In this case, it's a series of cell phone calls. Uh, I think there's also there's an interesting one when um and I'll and I'll stop in just a second. A really interesting one when Boudreaux and and Bauer are having their conversation, and he says that she'll she'll never trust me again, right? And Jack's phone rings, which I know is probably forcing it a little bit. That's kind of the kind of thing where it's like you know. That's the reader, that's the reader in interpretation kind of adding something, but of course the right. author is dead. So the reading and interpreting of these things is just as valuable as sort of arguments from intent. Um, you know maybe they didn't intend for it to be that way. but if you're looking at the episode in, as in a series of kind of like there's an inevitability that's going to happen. when is it going to happen? when is it going to happen? We don't know. we don't know. Uh, someone's gonna call us. somebody's gonna call somebody uh, and, and then it's then we're gonna know and then it's gonna be over. We should change it. we can't change it. Right, and
1: I think that's interesting because I think that to kind of try to at least bridge this to to the thread that I saw in the episode. In some ways, the um, you know, the 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 through line that is the the inverse of that in some ways is um, is Heller, who at the end of the previous uh, episode makes the call, right? And and that and I think that part of this, you know, the thing that is inevitable that is relating to making this call is, um, is, is, is his death is choosing, uh, death. And I, I noticed at a few points, especially in the, um, you know, in the, um, in the, in the conversation between Mark and Audrey, you know, there were elements of this, um, of that conversation because I was reading it through this kind of medical ethics, professional ethics lend lens, um, I read it as actually sounding very similar to a lot of the discourses around um, assisted suicide, um, and and around um, you know uh, and and around kind of you know assisting others to end suffering or, or kind of um, accelerating um, a, a terminal condition, right? And so that and 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 I, I saw a lot of those um, discussions. Uh, or, Uh, uh, shades of that there of he had decided and 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 you know this was in um heller as heller convinces first jack and then boudreaux to um to help him he um pulls this especially with um jack it's to my memory the first time he actually says alzheimer's by name right like um that in previous um in in previous uh since they've talked about his condition uh or or his his health in more vague terms I mean, they, they've sort of talked about the condition um and so i think that acknowledging you know the power of saying you know that um you know jack is uh is is walking away um and there's a few other pieces of that confrontation that are i think really uh interesting uh, in part jack saying well, i think then um I think uh you know that there's a first move where he says, well I'm um I'm I've I'm resigning as president and I'm doing this um, as just a private citizen. Um and so this is not interfering with US policy of not negotiating with terrorists, which is kind of a shade back to um uh, the previous hours uh, themes about being a boss. Um but then uh, Jack is like you know, and then, and then there's this kind of a uh, a uh, thing. That Jack's like, well, you don't you know get to make that call. It's not just about you. And Heller counters with this really strong um, utilitarian logic. No, it's about the people in the hospital and the thousands more people um, that there will be if uh, if she strikes again. And then Jack still is kind of I think turning to leave, and he says, Jack, I have Alzheimer's, and that and so that when there is um, that this this kind of throughout. Um, there are these uh, decisions of you know if there is this inevitability, you know um, if you're waiting for a call, um, can you and under what circumstances can you make that call yourself and And actually interestingly, you know throughout, you know Jack is someone who who makes quite a lot of calls, and yet throughout this and right right before, Heller walks out across, um, the, the pitch, uh, at, uh, at Wembley, at Wembley. Um, he's, you know, he even says, you know, I don't want, I don't want a pardon for this. Um, I'm still, um, you know, I think he says, I don't think this is, um, he, he says, I think what you are doing is wrong. And then Heller says, this is the right way for me to go. And so that line I think um, is actually really – this kind of the way that wrong and right um, are, uh, are, are juxtaposed. They're referring to different things, right? So Jagazine, saying what you are doing is wrong. and So what's being evaluated is the act, uh, the act itself. And, um, and, and Heller says uh, – what Heller is evaluating is the way for him to go. And he says this is the right way. For, for him to go so I feel like that that then ties to this question about the the call that is coming
0: I think I think you know what I think I've, I can totally see the the threads starting to come together right because Heller says oh I saw those bodies at the hospital right? And, he, right and so he's saying his argument for why they need to do this is the is to save the lives of these other people exactly and when he says he has Alzheimer's he's saying his life can't be saved Exactly. Right? exactly. And so Jack Bauer rebels. Like there's something really deep inside of him that rebels in this episode against this idea that – like like there's a moment where he goes, we still have time. Yeah, right?" yeah. Because it's basically like this is the whole point of the show. It's like there's still hours left and as long as there's hours yeah, yeah, left, yeah, yeah. Jack Bauer is going to keep going. He is – in the sense that he's almost like a demigod in this yeah. – you know, that he's like he, – he is incapable of even conceiving of – it, things being over before they're over, right? Like, when yeah. there's, even there's time is the only resource that matters.
1: Well, it's, it's um, really interesting because there's, there's actually two other lines. It's like Jack it moves interestingly between kind of being a more, um, Kantian kind of person focused on the act and, and intentions and the rightness of actions. And, I mean, you know, we kind of know Jack as a, um, as, uh, you know, John Stuart Mill with a gun, right? The, as, as being kind of, you know, very, you know, having a lot of like utilitarian, um, aspects, I think, um, of, of talking about, um, I mean, it's an interesting thing. It's, you, you, it's easy to kind of see, um, a utilitarian logic in, in, in uh, twenty four of well, we need to torture this person to save this many people, um, but that this uh, but I think that and you hear some of that talk because um, you said in addition to saying we still have time you know, there 's interesting um, you know one element of utilitarianism is about kind of calculating um, odds of things happening and the amount of harm or good associated with an event right it 's kind of the expected utility, and there 's two uh, moments where um, Jack says in uh, early on when he enters uh, the conversation with Heller, he says the percentages are not in our favor. I'm sorry, um, and then later on uh, when he's trying to say, the, uh, in, alongside the line where he says um, we th- there still may be time, he says we're still running the numbers, um, and so and so that there are still, um, and I think it's really interesting that. The um, in addition to there being time, the it's there is a odds there's an interesting odds game being played of the likelihood of different ser- scenarios and trying to use that as a um a logic again though to still argue that what he's doing is wrong. So I I, I mean it's I I saw I, I really picked up on you know we hear Jack talk about time a lot, but actually hearing. Um, this talk about percentages and then numbers, um, in, in very quick succession. Uh, you know, it felt like he was, it felt like the discourse around, like, saber metrics. And, you know, the, like, quant and, you know, Nate Silver and, like, and, and kind of, you know, uh, f- uh, five, there, there were kind of prediction models or solution-oriented, uh, models. And it was an interesting, um, uh, linguistic choice, uh, that I, for me, again, kind of cued, uh, that kind of, um, Concern of calculating like utility or expected utility in some way.
0: Yeah, and so it's interesting to think about, think, almost to think about it also as a teleological issue in the sense of purpose. Because the, the so the application when, so when when the president says to Jack, "You're not a surgeon." In this framework, in this reading, he's saying you can't save my life. Right, Like my life – you're not the kind of person who can save a life in this situation. Now, and then the, the application of technology, the application of expertise, uh, the, the purpose of having a job for a lot of these people, and this is what connects kind of Jack and the doctors. There's an interesting inversion that happens. There's an interesting twist that happens where for the doctors, Jack is the Grim Reaper. He is the right. call that is coming that is going to tell them that Simone has to die, and he has to make it twice because Kate, as we've seen in the previous episodes, Kate isn't quite as hardened as Jack is in a lot of ways. That's kind of like the the, the sort of Little League way of saying it. Perhaps the better way of saying it is that like Kate uh, sometimes uh, turns upside down Jack's idea of, of authority. That that Kate sometimes zigs when Jack zags, which is notable because they are so similar so much of the time. I'm thinking in particular of when she talked to Isabel in the, uh, oh no, to Jasmine, to Jasmine in the hospital, and she got on Jasmine's level rather than being her boss, right? right. Uh, in terms of getting her on her side. In this case, like Kate, like allows the doctors to continue to try to save Simone's life, even though the call that had said it was over had already come. Right, and Jack has to make it again, and so to, and and
1: and, and then the second time he says, "Wake the bitch up." Yeah, he gets right? really, really intense about it. Yeah, yeah, uh,
0: yeah. And we're also, I think, we're seeing a Jack. This is there's a there's a there's some intense things that are happening with Jack's character in this season, and they're still a little bit subtextual at times. But uh, I feel like they're going to blow up in a big. They're going to future. have to,
1: right? At, yeah, because yeah. Jack yeah, is
0: right. really deeply in conflict with himself. Uh, Like in this case, he is the person who is telling Kate that Simone has to die, right? And on the other hand, he's the person who's incapable of accepting that President Heller has to die because he thinks of himself as a person who saves lives, not a person who kills them. And then also if he thinks of himself as a person who saves lives, think of all the times over the course of the season so far where he's given us reasons for why he does what he does. The first one is, I did that one for me. Right, like right. I uh, right. like first, right. yeah, why I was
1: breaking up the human trafficking ring. Yeah, right?
0: I did it for my own satisfaction. Is why I broke up the right. human trafficking ring. I did it because I'm treating myself. Treat yourself, right? Treat, like treat
1: yourself. Treat <laughs> yourself
0: to some <laughs> human trafficking ring breaking, like breaking down. And then the other one is, I just hate these people so much, right? Because right. they right. justify what they do with this horrible thing, and of course he's doing the same thing. So we're seeing a lot of of very very dire Jack Bauer hypocrisy. And, and it's just very troubling, right? I think for Jack. Jack's character is, is really in a, in a very tense place. And it'll be yeah. interesting to see how this resolves. Well, you um, see
1: a lot. I mean, I think, I think as the, um, I mean, and again, this may not be foreshadowing anything, but you see, um, I'm noticing every single flinch more and more, right? And yeah. that, that they become a little, little slower a little more frequent i mean not it's not a full-on tick even because it's 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 acted very subtly but there's more of these just like these moments where you know he kind of looks down and takes a breath and kind of like you know resets right and and he's resetting more and more often he's, he's trying to reboot in part because there's like you say i mean the other side of the, of the hypocrisy is that there's these conflicts right that he's trying to um or actually to go back um to um a few hours ago that there are there are conflicting protocols uh that that are kind of grinding against each other and slowing down um his kind of you know moral moral computer if if that makes sense um yeah that makes and, sense yeah 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 um, and so yeah i think that that's um i i agree that that we've that this is only at the subtext like this is only i think going to get more relevant as we move into the last um what quarter of this uh season or so
0: yeah i think i think it's interesting to also see where chloe is with things uh and this this episode because so because chloe and jack are kind of
1: (laughs) yeah she's you mean you mean in a crowded bar
0: (laughs) in a crowded bar on the wi-fi yes um well it's interesting because because chloe starts the episode very very far away from where she was at the beginning of things, or right. I'm sorry, at the end of last season, or, or just in general, like Chloe has sort of she's dyed her hair, she's put on eyeliner and whatnot, and smoky eyes or whatever. That's probably not smoky eyes, but she's gone all she's gone all panic at the disco on us, and uh, and and, she, and then there's been this sort of journey back where Chloe seems to be getting more and more like herself, and it's not- or like the, herself that we know her as, and it's notable in this episode that Chloe is probably the only one. well she's the last person to try to intervene to stop this inevitable death from happening right like she's the last person who's like trying right. to tell jack that they've got stuff that they're trying to figure stuff out they need more time they're working on it they're working on it chloe never gives up jack just like hangs up on her right
1: yeah, uh, yeah and so
0: and so chloe is somewhat of then if if Jack is facing if if the if one of the big themes of this episode is never seek to know for whom the phone rings it rings for thee right, right. like the phone is ringing for all the people who are dying in this episode right and th- and this idea that Jack is confronting this this dread uh, this and this thing this this. Nature that is so contradictory to his own perception of his own nature, and he's also in conflict with his own nature in other ways, too. Chloe is this voice that's sort of calling to him from this sort of way that he used to be, right? And the, or right. This, he's, she's like the sort of choose life wham t shirt. Where it's like, no, right. we can keep saving people from the terrorists. We don't have to give up. We'll just run the subroutine. I got to get it through the compiler. You know, whatever it is that she's doing, right? Well, it, it um, is
1: interesting because, like, the other thing that she says to him um, that I think is really interesting is, "I'm doing the best that I can, Jack. I want you to know that." Yes. Um. And, yeah. and I think that that's really that is really interesting as well, right? Mm. That that. And and again, because I had my um my cont hammer, um, I I pounded the the deontological nail um, but that that you know one way to read that is about this kind of you know intention uh, mattering and being kind of an intention uh, driven world um, but then I, I think that it also is about kind of this you know the, 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 that that's been a um, discourse, with uh, a part of the relationship between um, Jack and Chloe for a lot of times of when hard things um, happen. I mean, right, it just happened uh, er much earlier in this season where she has kind of the flashback and sees Morris, right? And uh, he sort of says... You know we have to try and we have to honor honor them by trying um, you, you can't bring back the ones um, that, that you love even though you can because here we are uh, yeah, and, yeah. Um, and and yet you ha- and you have to, to try and so I think that that underlining that is I think an interesting like you say um, sets her in a kind of different um, way. I think as we're kind of talking about phone calls, that that come in. I think there's a. I mean, since we you kind of brought her up in this way, I think the other interesting um, thing that happens with Chloe in the last kind of quarter, in the last fifteen minutes of the episode, is her phone. Her phone rings, um, and it's and and she says something like, "I'm go- I'm going as fast as I can." Yeah, <laughs> and and it's and it's Adrian. Yes. Um and I think that that and so I mean d- did you read this how did you fold this into the, into your reading of the um the episode did you see this as being a little more um unrelated or did you see that as kind of relating to your your read on Chloe Uh
0: I think it's interesting to think about I haven't really I hadn't really figured it out prior to now but let's just let's just talk through it let's just walk through it So the interesting thing about there are two interesting things about Adrian's phone call one of them is that Chloe doesn't really take it right, right. Uh and the other one is that he says that they're starting over again Yes, they have a new place, and they're starting over again. It's the only thing. It's the only plot line in the movie that where something is starting. Everything else is ending. You know, yeah. like the, the chase for Margot is ending. You know they're going to try to have the the drones are going to be destroyed. Simone is going to die. Jordan is dying, right? Uh, Jack is can't do anything. The president's going to die. Uh, Mark and and Audrey's relationship is over, right? Or terribly damaged. You know, like
1: every and- Jack's getting handed over to Baron von Mustache. Yeah,
0: Baron von. We can talk about Baron von Mustache
1: in just. A second. And just, and just as an aside, and we can talk about this more. But in the previously on twenty four, I discovered that it's not just a mustache. Is that Below his bottom lip, there's a conne- a, a small connector of hair. That, yeah, it's like it's like a little sideways bow and arrow. Yeah, <laughs> it's I, I, I have it's a bow tee is is what I will call it. Oh, um, it's like a bow and arrow goatee. Uh, it's it's the most splendid and um, mesmerizing thing I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. Um, and I and, and and so go and 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 take a look. He's not in this episode, but he is featured in the um. Uh, in the previously on twenty four, and we as, if we as we talk a little bit about Brudeau, we can maybe talk about, um, you know why why he's there, uh, even though he doesn't appear. Um, but yes, anyhow, that he is one of the 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 mustache phone is one of the several phones that will be um that will be ringing.
0: Well, it's interesting though because um, sometimes it's interesting to think about who isn't in the episode, uh, and and I think this is a, a piece of TV recap tech that we figured out in particular it's notable in game of thrones because i think there was one game of thrones episode this season where everybody was like betraying everybody else or whatever and brienne wasn't in the episode at all she just wasn't there and i think that um that got me thinking about when you're watching sort of heavily serialized entertainment what doesn't happen can be just as important for what's going on in the episode as what does so in this case if jack being handed over to the russians as a possibility were brought up in this episode which is about inevitable things that are definitely happening then it would have to happen right like like jack the episode would have to end with like the russians like rolling into the stadium or something right like (laughs) like it, it just it would if for in order for the episode to have its sort of internal message or what it is about then that story would have to align with the other stories in some way um Right. And it doesn't it doesn't align with it because it's probably even if it does happen it's probably going to happen in a different context than, right. yeah, than right. jack Bauer just sort of resigning himself to being handed over to the russians which is kind of what would happen in this case if it, if, if it lined up with every other plot line that's happening
1: well um, and similarly we don't see we get primed to think about like you know the um you know marks so i think that one reason why is there is it says up that mark um also has these kind of conflicting protocols running. And he has one that is kind of serve the president, and the other is, um, uh, make sure that he, uh, does not get, uh, called out for forging the president's signature. Um, and I guess it's interesting, I mean, uh, like to, to understand those are conflicting in some ways, different ways than, um, than Jack's, but that it's not really raised. It's, it's a shadow there, but it's more about, uh only loosely in the you know the bat- the portfolio of reasons about why these guys might not get along as opposed to we don't see him right one thing we don't see is him you know stepping aside and making the call of like like I'll have Bauer to you within within uh, uh 65 minutes um you right, know right. W- within the first 10 minutes of the next episode <laughs>
0: We get the one hour, maybe two, right? Who is that in reference to? Is that in reference to getting Simone stabilized when the doctor thinks that they're going to have more time? But yes. other than that, we don't have too many more clicking ticking clocks left anymore. I don't um, think so. Right? Yeah. It's interesting. It's um. And speaking of sort of things that that aren't well, in this. Oh, go ahead.
1: Well, oh yeah, yeah just you close that loop, and then okay. um, we want to go close that loop like Baron von Mustache's mustache. Um, and then uh, the other thing that we were talking about is the beginning. Of of the of the Adrian call and then why it's the beginning of something. Um. So I do. Want to oh yes, it yes, yes. Well, so we'll I, go back. I, do, to that.
0: I was going to transition to something else. Let's go back and talk about the Adrian call, right? So Adrian says we're starting a new office. We've we've gotten going again, right? Presumably he wants Chloe to come to his new office. Uh, I don't know if you thought that it was because he wanted to. Put her in a big vat of sharks or something. That was kind of the vibe I got. Where it's like, this is a trap. Um, but uh, I don't. It
1: could know. have been a sexy trap. It
0: could have been. He could have been like, hey, I got some Milanos or some. Yeah, it's great.
1: Um, yeah, it's it's un- unclear. I mean, because they they have kind of. There's hints of that. There's a. um a romantic relationship between them, right? Or yeah, I don't know if yeah. I've just uh, read that in, or I'm just actually just shipping them, and I didn't know it. But um, I I see that there are that's implied in the way that they speak to each other. Okay,
0: okay, yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. Uh, and so it's like, can you come with me and start this new thing? Yeah. Um, and she's like,
1: yeah. she's oh, too fixated
0: on Jack to do it. She's not gonna right. she's not gonna go. And in that sense, there's an idea that. Gosh, that new beginnings can't real the the hope for a new beginning isn't necessarily something that in these kinds of circumstances people even really want. Like I think I think what it lines up with I really think what it lines up with is the thing that makes me think of most is the scene where Heller is with Audrey looking at the pictures of the family together. Yeah, and when Heller says, despite except for this being the worst day of my life, I'm doing pretty great.
1: Yes, right, and
0: I think that that Chloe might actually share that sentiment. She's doing, even though she's in the bar and she's crowded and she doesn't have a good setup and she can't get everything done, mm-hmm. she's doing pretty great. She doesn't need Adrian right now, uh, right. you know. She's kind of in her element, doing her thing. And uh, and there's a way in which these sorts of things need to progress, and and I think that uh, you know you can if you want to we want to introduce more philosophical concepts. There's there's some you know was it Thanos in here right or Thanatos? I forget yeah, yeah, whether yeah. I forget which comic book villain is the actual Greek and. These Thanatos, thanatos right? The,
1: yeah. the, the death, drive, right?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. This idea that and eventually uh, living beings seek to return to death. There's this drive to come back to death, and it's something that when it happens, it's like proper and rightful, in, in, in it's on its own terms. Right, like, um, but it's like, uh, so this idea that the president is kind of like accept not just that he's accepted what he's doing, but that this is a necessary thing, right? Right. And that, and that, and that doing the necessary thing is something that fulfills him and makes him feel good, not something that he faces with horror.
1: You know? No, I mean, it's it's, uh, you can see this in the first uh, time we see him when Jack first goes in. He's so. He's cool as a cucumber, yeah. right? He's like, come on in, Jack. Uh, and 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 he's like, he like really is like almost smug. Uh, smug is not quite the right word, but he's very calm, confident and very kind of yeah. calm and assertive. Yeah. Uh, where he's like, well, and and he and he he really like da- dad talks Jack, right? Yeah. Like, oh well, you know, and like, oh, I'm sorry, you know, Mr. President, that you know, the percentages don't look. He's like, oh, Jack, you came closer than anybody else. So, like, we, I made up my mind, right? <laughs> yeah. like, no big deal. Yeah. I'm going to go die. Yeah.
0: And I think this also brings us to the significance of Wembley Stadium. Sure. because th- And which we could talk about because I'm sure that there are a number of different things that we can talk about with regards to Wembley Stadium. But the big one the, that connects to this is – he gets to, the president gets to walk out into the middle of the pitch at Wembley Stadium, which is like a pretty cool thing. Yeah. Right? Like, I mean, I, I did sort of feel like this was an American experience that should generally happen in an American stadium that was transplanted to a British stadium because it's happening in London. Like, I don't really, like, you know what I mean? Like, I sort of felt like.
1: Like, you, you felt there should have been a pitching mound that he was Yeah, walking exactly.
0: Out to. Totally. That he should totally be like, it should be a baseball time. If
1: it were in America, she would shoot the, the, the missile and then he would pick up a baseball bat and hit it back yeah. at her. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah he would like be he'd be like holding the ball and he'd like be reaching to throw it when the missile hit you know yeah, and then the yeah, ball yeah. would land at Jack's feet and there would still be a hand attached to it and that would be horrible. no that would that last part wouldn't happen but no but also so he and he looks around the stadium and he sees the lights and the green and the empty seats like this is like a Rudy moment right like where it's like you know oh sports right like uh, it's, right. and it, and it's just it's fulfilling and he makes this face. Where he looks like he looks like an eagle or like something carved on a mountain. He looks like really uh, beyond presidential to the level of almost folk hero with his sort of big thick frown, right? That frown that's just totally upside down and kind of jutting out in courage and challenge, right? right. Um, and like the way he's going to be remembered. That's like the, the the last image of him of that face is like the one you put on the coin, yes. right? Like that's like the the, the big the big legend. Po- Pose yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, and,
1: and, and interesting, he takes off his hat and his glasses.
0: Yes, yes, yes.
1: Right, so he's just just the man, just yeah. the face.
0: Yep. And it's funny because earlier he's looking at an, a picture of himself when he was younger and kind of laughing at himself in terms of what he's become. And then he kind of – he doesn't quite turn back the clock, but he creates a bit of a, of a synthesis of the different ideas of himself that he's seen, right? Because he's not – you know, this is all of him that's going, not just the old bespectacled part of him that's hiding, but also the, the man who's lived his entire life. Um, yeah.
1: yeah. I think it's interesting. The other element, I mean, in addition to the kind of like, yay sports and the kind of, like, you know, the the idea of, of being in this sports stadium. I and mean, the other thing I associate with Wembley Stadium, I mean, it's more the old, right? So there was an old Wembley Stadium that was torn down a few years ago, and and this is in taking place in the um, new uh, Wembley Stadium. But that, you know, the other thing I really associate with both Wembley Stadiums are these big mega concert yes right? of, when you walk out to the middle of wembley field you know you are like michael jackson yeah um or or freddie Queen. mercury, freddie yeah. mercury. exactly exactly yeah. um yeah um yeah he's the champion right yeah, <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> he wants to break free uh, <laughs> but no he you're will, right he
1: will rock you
0: he's the <laughs> he wants to ride his bicycle um <laughs> Uh no! Who wants to live forever? Really, is what it is. That's yeah, yeah, really yeah. what it is. Um, yeah, and there's he no- sees a
1: little silhouette of a man <laughs> with a bush with a bush. Can you do the Fandango?
0: Wonderful <laughs> We don't have time for this right
1: now. Yeah, <laughs> no, it's true. I also uh, like. I'd love uh, on another day. You know, look. 6 to 7 p.m. is traditionally my queen hour and <laughs> when I usually just put on Queen's Greatest Hits and, and do some singing. And But we can't do that today. We got to – I mean so it's natural to, f- to have the body um, fall into that rhythm, but we have to keep going.
0: We do. We do. We don't have that option. We don't have that luxury. Uh, but we have lots of powder, food, and water if you want to have any of this stuff. Uh, sorry, I don't have real chairs.
1: Um Oh, that's that's okay. Um, no, this—I uh, mean, this beanbag chair is great. Uh, <laughs> it's 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 totally fine. And uh, oh, you found a yeah, beanbag I mean- <laughs> chair
0: that was under the milk crate.
1: Yeah. yeah I mean, oh, listen, cool. Awesome. I, look, I—I'm I, I ha- a little bit of a restless recapper, so I kind of go around. I've been or- as you notice, I've been kind of organizing the space bit by bit. Um, I might have some. Um, might have some powdered food. Actually, do you have any uh, astronaut ice cream?
0: Oh, I might have some.
1: All right, great. Well, yeah. I mean, you know, once we, maybe if, once we make it here, maybe we, we can treat we can treat ourselves.
0: Okay, yes, that's true. Uh, okay, so so getting back to the episode, um, gosh, speaking of like treats, spe- speaking of like things that I learned about a long time ago, like astral ice cream, um, there were a couple of other. I don't even. There's two directions I want to go from here. There's two. There's, sure. there's two directions that I want to go. One of the directions, and they both have to do with aerial vehicles. One of them yeah. is the drones. Right yep. and yep. and the other one is the helicopter scene.
1: Let's talk about the chopper let's that's kind of adjacent um, to well, I guess it's not, but I see it as being connected since we were kind of talking about the Wembley scene, I feel like the chopper scene um relates to that in some uh, interesting ways um, really, like so go ahead I mean um what what did you what what struck you about the chopper? Well,
0: the first uh, big thing about the chopper scene is that it's night. Yes. And we've we've talked before on the recaps about how 24 often has these really dramatic sunrise scenes where you see the sunlight for the first time after the long night's been going on. And uh there is a, a f- another famous sunlight scene which we've talked about previously on this recap where Jack and his then boss will walk out into the sunlight onto the roof of CTU to get into a helicopter. And this is Probably the best episode of twenty four that there is. It's an amazing episode in terms of just its craft and the suspense. This is the one where the terrorists forced Jack to kill his boss. Um, right, right, and, right, and it's right, day, right, It's day three, and it's the six a.m. to seven a.m. episode. And I felt like this scene echoed that scene because mm. in both scenes, mm. Jack Bauer is escorting a senior member of yes. his leadership to his inevitable demise. Right, and in in the in the In the first one, in the one that happened back in season three, there's still this overpowering sense... That we have to find a way to prevent this from happening. Like it makes you sick to your stomach. It's so intense. This idea that Jack needs to find a way because they're, they're trying to make sure that like they can't release the virus in time or whatever. or Like they need to figure out some sort of way of either it's securing the virus or, or something along those lines, tracking down the kid. There's something that they're doing that if it is successful, then he won't have to kill his boss. And it ends up failing and he has to kill his boss. Right. And it's really, right, right. really upsetting. Now in this scene, though they walk out, and it is not just night, but it's dark. It's dark yeah. like right away. Yep. Uh, and yep. I mean, yeah, I mean, like they
1: have the sunset, right? Like, right. It's it's like when they it's it's crazy that when they leave, you know, the president's um, you know building, the compound, the office that he's working on in in London, it's still somewhat light, but yeah. like sunset. And then, but when they um, come back from commercial break, like seven minutes later elapsed on the clock, um, it's night.
0: Yeah, night has fallen. Night, has, night Light, fell. Yeah yeah, 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 exactly. And so there's, there's no pretty colors or anything. And I don't know whether given the time of year – it seems unlikely that this would be the time that the sun would set because it seems like it's relatively warm, right? Um, and in, I guess London is pretty far north, which would mean that in the summer its days are longer than the ones here uh, in my bunker. Uh, although we don't no, but, to- I, mean,
1: I mean, granted. Uh, so Adrian Cross is wearing scarves throughout.
0: Oh, true, true, true. So if but, it's I autumn- mean,
1: he seems like the kind of guy who's a, um, a four-season scarf wearer. Yeah, <laughs>
0: that's true, that's true. I'm sure they say at some point what time of year it is, and we haven't even, we just missed it. But,
1: I, uh, I don't know if they have, yeah. actually. I mean, we don't see, you know, autumn foliage, but it could be, like, it could be, like, September.
0: Yeah, it could, I mean, it's also, uh, they talked about when he talked about his presidential campaign and when he went to Ohio, are we to believe that that happened recently or was that in a previous year? Um, that
1: seemed to me to be a previous year.
0: Oh, okay. Fair enough then. Well, at but any, at know, any know, rate – That's
1: how I read it, but anyhow. At right. any
0: rate, it is – it is conspicuous. the night falls conspicuously quickly, both yes. for the city of London and for uh, just in general in a television show, right? Mm-hmm. Like in in terms of time or in real life. And it is so dark and I think that this – orients the scene if this is indeed the helicopter to the other side, if if this is if Jack Bauer is playing Charon here right, for the right, second right, right. time and, and ferrying the president to the other side, then huh. this is a, a one where there is not this light, the, the light of life and the light of perseverance, the light of the time that we still have left. Right, that uh, that Jack right. is always like wrangling with and wrestling with as he as he attempts to resolve resolve all of the different conflicts that are happening and fix things and save people. But like, it's gone. It is dark, and, and yeah, and it's, it's the
1: blackness of of inevitability. And it's
0: yeah, exactly. And it's also kind of quiet. It's like a quiet night. Yeah, it doesn't. Even though London has been totally crazy and there have been terrorist attacks, I don't really remember hearing any noise. Outside, like no sirens. Well, or- it's hard
1: to hear the noise over the swelling, stirring music. Yeah. <laughs> as, uh, as the uh, as the helicopter takes off, right? This is like another major moment. I mean, because like the music, they really ramp up, um, and then they cut away. And but then there's another shot that is this kind of um, vista, and I think you see what is it? The um, uh, is it like the tower? I forget which bridge it is that you see. Um, but you see you see the river and and several kind of um uh uh landmarks yeah. actually on this episode like i don't know if you noticed but like i mean with every subsequent episode this is more and more set in london Oh yeah, um, totally. Yep. And, and granted, like, even like you said, like, the walking to the middle of the stadium feels like it was originally written for a football stadium or a baseball stadium. Um, that it, you know, it is important that it's in, in Wembley Stadium. You see, um, the famous building known as the Gherkin, uh, out of one window. Um, uh, uh it's like a skyscraper that looks like a, a pickle. Yep. Um, and, and you see that as they um, as, as Jack and the president are, are sneaking out. You, you see it very briefly through. A window you I, I just i maybe i'm just noticing it more but i feel like we were shown more um like pieces of landmarks um on this uh in this episode that gave it more of a a sense of place um and and so on the one hand so there is you know we are in darkness but then at the same time there are other times of darkness in twenty four, that is like the darkness of a back alley, right? And like the darkness, right? So the darkness where Jack and the President are feels very different from the darkness where Jordan is. Yes, right? yes. Um, but they're both in dark, and they're both you know in this um, you know crossing over, and yet that there is something. There's there's I there's definitely a perceptible difference there, um, in part because of, of the way in the almost exalted way in which the president is going out, as opposed to this kind of very almost forgotten uh, and forsaken way that Jordan is yeah. um, is is dying or at least uh, fatally uh, yeah. uh, wounded. I like
0: and just to connect what we said before, I like how the guy asks Jack if he's certified to fly a helicopter, uh, yeah. and it's like we well we've already found out that Jack's not a surgeon. Right, we're gonna find that out later, right? And now we're gonna find out that he's not a, uh.
1: No, we, we oh, always find out a, that he's yeah, not a surgeon. surgeon. Yeah, yeah, now we yeah. find out he's
0: not a, a certified helicopter pilot. I'm sure he is. But it's just that, like, his ability to save lives or not kill people is, like, not the thing that is being tested at this point. It is right. not relevant. Do we wanna, let's talk about Jordan for a little bit. Because sure. Jordan is the Jordan is the really quizzical part of this episode because he's really not related to any of the other stuff that happens in a direct way. It's more in terms of patterns and differences, uh, the differences between Jordan's situation and the president's situation. Because yeah. Jordan is very much not he doesn't want to. He, Jordan doesn't want to die, um, I, you know. Presumably, right? He doesn't. He's not going out there to kill, but he ends up killing himself. Uh, or getting himself. I, killed. I, I
1: don't think he. I don't think he's dead. Uh, oh, you think he's
0: going to live through it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because okay.
1: I mean, otherwise, because otherwise, what's the point? Well, yeah. There's got. I mean, yeah. I mean, so I, mean, I guess I'm giving. I, I, I guess I'm revealing my deep faith in 24. Yeah. <laughs> that, 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 that there is a point, but usually there's a point, right? That that yeah. you know that that I don't think Jordan will die completely mm-hmm. without. Um, I mean, this is something I said, uh, in the, the last hour. I don't think he'll die before he reaches out to Kate one more time. Right. Um, and so the fact that he didn't reach out to Kate. So this is really interesting, right? Um, last week I actually made a call related prediction, which is that he would call Kate and he doesn't. Um, he actually calls Navarro. Yeah. And, um, and, and the purpose of that is as far as I understand, it, is, it seems. And this is part of one of the things that makes this a little quizzical or a little puzzling. Um, is that the way I, I I read it on the second um, on on this my second time watching it? Is that he is? I mean, it's weird because when he calls Navarro, he's you know playing you know the totally befuddled. I don't know what's going on. You know, help help me, Dad, right? Um, but that you know when. He. It seems like once the assassin is there in the motorcycle shop, shop that this was Jordan's play. Um, both a, I think he decided that like he could not get away, and b, he wants to know what's going on and why, yeah. and um, and and so wants to try to um, you know, be the one who calls. Right, he's trying to be the one who calls. Um, and so it's it, so one way of saying this is that unlike the president, you know, it's, it doesn't have that level of finality. But I feel like this is one where he is trying to to take the control um, of the situation, but does it much less? Uh, you know, there's he's he's more on his own, um, and then and there's these, and there's this moment of self doubt, right? Whereas the president has not an uh, an ounce of fear or self doubt or wavering. Um that there right, there's the moment where the uh, assassin says do you even know how to use that thing? You know, is is the safety on? Um and like you you better check.
0: Yeah, you don't uh, want to make and it, a mistake, right? Is yeah, what he you says. You don't want to
1: make a mistake. Does he say um, anything
0: after that? You don't want to make a mistake.
1: Yeah, I think and then, and then he says knife <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> well, I, feel, then, I feel like that was for also just as a
1: way, like, you know, given how many times people um bad guys have to put their hands behind their head. Uh, the um the neck knife is an amazing innovation in this world. Like I, I'm just imagining that it's in like the um the sharper image catalog. The like the neck knife holster uh, for all for all 24 villains who get apprehended yet still want to stab someone. Nice.
0: I, but I, do you like how he said, "Put your hands on top of your head." Like, clearly this is somebody who has not said that a lot. Right, right, right. He said, put your hands on your head. But it's like, put your hands on top of your head. Uh, Well, if if he
1: had put them on top of his head, he would have been fine. Jordan would have been okay because then he would have noticed him reaching for the um, the knife holster.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's interesting. Yeah, it's like don't make – one of the interesting effects that this has is it raises the possibility that the president is making a mistake. Because that's the big choice that everybody's hoping isn't a mistake is the one that we're going to go to the stadium and we're going to yeah. let Margot Alharazi kill us and that'll end the threat. And and this guy saying don't make a mistake and then he does make a mistake, um and then he kills him or he stabs him he he chest knives him, uh, with his neck knife. Um then uh this raises the possibility if the two stories are in parallel because they're being told in parallel that. There's – the connection is related to the making of mistakes.
1: Well, Um, right. And so what we don't know is whether they're connected in this kind of like inversion mm -hmm. um, and as as this kind of uh, – right of whether Jordan's – I think one possibility is that Jordan's scene plays the role in this episode uh, that Kate's – the, that the ginger beer scene with Yasmin did in the last episode as this kind of inversion of the kind of main arc and the kind yeah. of um, main set of themes. But there's a possibility, as you say, that in fact it's, you know, these are actually foreshadowing um, something, uh, the, the next episode of this, you know, I've made a huge mistake. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah,
0: exactly. Well, because Ian is probably going to take over, right? Is that what's going to happen? Yeah.
1: That's actually interesting because – so um, did you have any more on Jordan? Because I feel like the last kind of thread uh, that we didn't talk about narratively is uh, is what's going on in Al-Harazi land.
0: I mean all I would say about Jordan is just that um, – I mean just that he created – yeah, he – by calling Navarro, he created the inevitability that came after him. And right. he hoped that he could ambush it and he yeah. could somehow master it, but in fact like he could not. And, uh, right. and so this sort of shows the incompatibility – of the idea that we are going to use craft to take control of our destiny, use, you know, technologies to master death. Uh, and, then and this, there's a, the idea that the two could be reconciled, uh, that and the sort of inevitability of, you know, the, the, the monster at the door. Right. And no, in fact, these two things are actually in conflict with each other. And if you try to put them together, then it'll end up bad for you. Um,
1: well, the, and the other thing is, this is also another case of you know he's not a surgeon, right? He's not yeah, a field yeah. field agent, yeah, yeah. Um, and that's showing. And he's, but it, uh, right, he's right, he's not a Jack Bauer, but he's seen one on TV. Yeah, like, <laughs>
0: indeed, indeed. Oh man, so so Margot, right? So I, when I was first saw this episode, I ended the episode thinking Margot Alharazi is going to die next episode. That was that was what I thought. Um, and the reason I thought this, and I don't, I mean, this is my prediction, I don't think it's necessarily true, because also it's the kind of thing where 24 loves to reset everything at the beginning of every episode, so they could, they could really set up something in this episode, which is like, this episode ends right before Margot Al-Harazi dies, and the next episode starts, and everything's different, right, like, and and we're not paying attention to that thematic subtext anymore, because the show is still very episodic and not that deeply serialized, um... Uh, In terms of like it changes theme from episode to episode pretty drastically. But this idea that um, if the the big gesture is not the president dying but Margot Al-Harazi watching the president die on the video screen, what does that represent for her, right? She swore on the soul of her dead husband that she would – destroy the drones, if he fulfilled what he said that he was going to fulfill. And on top of that, we've just seen a whole episode wherein people have sort of gotten the call, and when the call comes in, you know, it's over for you, one way or the other.
1: Right, Um, and so even though she has not died, like, the Margot Al-Harazi as the, the... Person on this, uh, as uh, as the person making the call, as, yeah. as the person making the videotape yeah. and making the demand, yeah. um, has died.
0: Yeah, she probably isn't the vill- vill- villain of the show anymore,
1: right? Yeah. Like, no, I don't think so. Yeah. I think this is her getting pushed out as the um, as the big bad, and we'll either, you know, I think that the prediction that Ian will take over. Um, is, is a good one but again we're also moving into our like in the, the the four episodes that we have left we're going to get the next piece of like the, some kind of a one-two punch of a a china russia situation right right a, a, as always right um uh, i think um and we'll see maybe there'll be still another um you know i still have my money on it being uh france uh, yeah. all along <laughs> <laughs> the hundred
0: Years' war continues
1: yeah exactly um i I do think um, just to kind of um put some of this back to in the the kind of generational conflict and the kind of conflict between you know margot and and how I saw this with respect to some of these themes about competing um ethical frames um and and pr- like ethical slash practical frames is that you know we um you know say. That there's a few times where, um, like, so at the very beginning when Margot says, "I just had a very interesting call," and then says to Ian um, what he said and uh, what what Heller said, uh, he's like, "Well, but you you thought that he was never going to accept the terms, which like means that it was like set up originally as just a ruse, as a kind of a." A USS Maine uh, of of a you know it's not exactly a Maine because the USS Maine in the um, Spanish American War was a thing that was kind of trumped up and fabricated to create a justification for going to war and this is a different kind of thing where it's a kind of unmeetable condition uh, that then allows you to do what you want to do right and so that um, you know and so there's this interesting thing of you know our the um, drone tra- uh, drone attacks um, like a means to an end that is a means to get um, you know bring justice to Heller and to kind of you know essentially execute him for her kind of um, judgment of, of, of what he has done and you know get revenge um, or is or or is the destruction an end in itself and 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 I think that that debate, uh, is is runs through um the discussions between uh ian and Margot uh throughout uh throughout the episode um and you know and she says you know if a, m- a murderer like heller can keep his word then so can i um and 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 again it's interesting because on the one hand using the drones to get heller to do something is more like a kind of Cause effect kind of consequentialist logic, but then keeping one's word um, is is uh, again much more in this world of, of promises and oaths and um, and 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 kind of the act and the intention of the act being important. So I guess we we're seeing. Um, we're starting to see conflicting protocols um, in in Margot as well, and so I think the read that something is going to um, change here and unbalance this um, is, I think, a good read because it feels like her story is over.
0: Yeah, exactly. I, I do I do think that it's still possible that the whole point of all this was to ground the U.S. drone fleet so that some nefarious character could do some sort of unrelated thing right and and gosh sure. and that's yeah. probably
1: the thing that Adrian is working on yeah
0: and i think and i think that um and even if it is like the russians or something if only four episodes left i'm yeah. i'm starting to wonder and and it seems like our idea of a time skip happening this season which was something we thought of a little bit earlier we'd heard rumors about that doesn't seem to be happening no cuz um, I,
1: I feel like that would have happened already now yeah. it would feel weird for that to happen yeah. Unless, um, and I think then the other flip side of that is, and this relates to what we were talking about about the falling of night, is that we're not getting out of the night. No, um, no, no. And that's really interesting. And we're not even getting that far into the night, really. If there's no time skip, we're getting to what to midnight, right? Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Pretty much. Um, gosh, well, it starts at eleven, right? The, line right, of the right, first right. is eleven to one. Here's a possibility. Yeah, so
1: it's to one. So yeah, yeah. Go ahead.
0: Here's a possibility, though. What if this is only half the season? What if we hit the twelve-hour uh, mark, and the twelve-hour mark ends with like the Russian Navy opening fire on London or something like that,
1: or or on or on America or on right? America?
0: Yeah. What if the Chinese Navy has been invading America this whole time? Yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: What if <laughs> what if the Chinese Navy has declared martial law on Los Angeles? <laughs>
0: Well, yeah. What if? What if the that? Because that would be a totally twenty-four thing to do. Because it would just be absurd to end this season, like to come back after four years and have the gall to end your twelve-episode season with a cliffhanger that demands the existence of an entire <laughs> second twelve-episode season. The other part of it is,
1: if you, if you would like more, uh, <laughs> like please insert another like several million dollars. <laughs> exactly.
0: <laughs> well, the other thing is that the show is called twenty-four. The show is not called twelve. And
1: so, well, it's not only is like it called twenty-four; it's called twenty-four. 24- Live another Live day another and this day. is and this is a half day
0: yes and it ends at night yes
1: they are like this is their pitch right it's a pitch in some ways uh, um, but, to, this is
0: the new theory the new theory is that that there's going to be more 24 and that this season will not end right, uh, that,
1: that they're creating problems that can only be solved by more 24 <laughs>
0: <laughs> or perhaps we we have our own relationship with inevitability as it regards 24 <laughs> production
1: yeah that's f- quite possible
0: So with that, I think we will wrap up this hour and prep for the 7 p.m. episode of of, uh, 24. I'm really excited. Please subscribe to the TV Recap uh, podcast. The Game of Thrones is done, but there will be more coming down the pike. We haven't announced it yet, but get excited. And uh, make sure you check out the TFT podcast where Ryan and Matt talk about music. It's great. And, um, yeah, if you want to learn anything else about us, you can uh, visit us on the web at – Whoa.
1: Uh, I mean, given what we just talked about, I'm, this is really feeling really ominous. Yeah, I don't
0: know if I want to answer this call. Well, I mean, what's going to happen?
1: I don't know. Who could it be?
0: I mean, every time, every time someone calls, it means that something ends.
1: But what's going to end? <laughs>